Hello and welcome to Dunktown, the podcast where we learn about basketball one game at a time. I'm Anastasia. And I'm Agata. And today we have an extra special guest. He is a comedy director and producer and an LA Clipper super fan. It's Payman Benz. Hi. Uh, hi. Hey, friends. Welcome back. Hey. Thanks for having me. How I'm are very you excited doing? to be here. Good. I was about to say I should show you my Dunktown sticker, but I realize it's on the back of the laptop I'm using right now. But trust me, it's on my laptop. Aww. Okay. That, well, we believe you, but we do need proof after this is over. So. I will send proof. I will send proof. <laughs> so glad you're uh, repping Dunktown. <laughs> yeah. Always. How's your quarantine going? Uh, good. Bored. Uh, I but I've tried to keep myself busy. Um, I'm just kind of in a routine now, but it's it's good. But I'm ready to go back to work. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah, yeah. When I when bet. do you start working again? Uh, I'm shooting something in a couple weeks, oh, but nice. I don't know when yet. It just happened. I start prep on Monday, but um, soon, soon. Back yeah. to the old office. I keep hearing about. Our friends, you know, are starting in productions and stuff. And obviously everyone's taking this very seriously and doing everything, you know, in, in a pretty safe way. And, you know, when our friends describe the productions that they're working on, it's like everyone's getting tested constantly, you know, like, like everyone's in pods where you only see like three people. And then if someone gets sick, they just cut the pod off. <laughs> And fire everyone, which I'm like, dang, that's, I mean, it makes sense, but it also just seems like mean. (laughs) I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, they're shifting. I mean, the whole thing is different now. I mean, everything I'm hearing, you know, there's like sound stages where one door is an entrance, one is an exit. It used to never be like that. So now nobody's like crossing paths and, um, you know, we'll be, we'll do, but I haven't heard, I've heard pretty stories that make me feel comfortable where I'm like, okay, they're doing this right. You're just like the fun of being on set is a little gone right now because mm-hmm. you're just in survival mode the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, and you're like, you're not hanging out at crafty. You're not like, yeah, it's not, it's not what it used to be, but they're doing a really great job. Whoever figured this stuff out is, is doing great. Yeah. It's so good to yeah. hear because LA needs it. <laughs> so many people out of work right now. So Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was, like, I mean, there was, like, issues with, like, the unions, right? Trying to, like, negotiate all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I think also people, I think a lot of people were just kind of wanting to ride it out and be like, oh, well, let's just wait and then come back. But then it's like, okay, it's going to be a long time before productions are going to be going how they were before this. So, might as well, like, actually come up with a plan and figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. I mean, there's no national plan, so we just have to adapt. Right. Uh, and also there's like, you know, I don't know where we are, but there's like a content deficit. We're running out of new stuff to show. So um, they're going to yeah. ramp up, but it's going to be interesting how you can ramp up. There's limitations. You can't have too many extras on set. There's like so many, you know, everything has to be shot a little differently now. So, um, you know, TV and movies are going to look, the stuff that's being shot right now is going to look and feel a little weird. Yeah. Um, It's just not, it's going to be very strange. Have you directed anything like through Zoom? I did. Yeah, I did um, these little short 
like uh, like branded, or I guess they were more like commercials for wheat thins. Mm. Uh, with I Paul love Shear. wheat thins. I love yeah. wheat thins. <laughs> <laughs> it was with uh, Paul Shear mm. and and uh, June, his wife June, mm-hmm. and um, I was at home, and they were at the location, and like it was a really weird thing where like all the clients were on the zoom with us, but they could only see me and the camera feed and they couldn't talk to the actor. And we were like using a Google doc for notes and messages to like do internal notes. And then I would convey it. And there was like, I think six people on set and it was, it was insane. It was, I mean, it worked, but nice. Yeah. It was just weird. I just working like literally working from home as a director is so strange. That is, that seems so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Cause part of it is I like, I like to walk around. It helps me think. And then I'm just sitting here like, why did I waste so much money on pants all these years? I don't need, <laughs> I don't need them. This is crazy. I did uh, the same thing. I pulled out a stack of pants and I was just like glaring at them. Like, why did I, I like, spend so much money on you? <laughs> dude, I've just been wearing like sweats and basketball shorts pretty much. And then I have a, a new girlfriend that I met a couple months ago and we're dating and congratulations. Like, thank you. And then like, <laughs> that also has uh, to be interesting during a pandemic. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Do you mind? Oh well, yeah, of course. It's, uh, <laughs> it's I'm been g- great. Cause all we have is time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I know more about her than anyone I've ever dated before. Like, we're just like, we've gotten, into it like conversation wise deep um and it's been great but you know we are talking about oh what is it going to be like when you know we get back to work um but it's really great and when we met she lived about like you know 10-15 minutes away and was had already had a plan moved already that I didn't know about Mm -hmm. and then like a week after we were like officially together she moved and she moved less than a mile from me Oh, wow. It's, it's actually a two minute drive, like not even a wow. joke. That if, if I, when I leave my place to pick her up, if I say, come downstairs now, I will get there before she's downstairs. Wow. Um, so it's, it's that's been nice. That, that's been the best part of this whole thing. Um, but I, there was one day where I picked her up and I was wearing jeans and she's like, I've never seen you. And you have jeans. And I was like, yeah, I have pants. I don't just dress like a freaking, you know, some old man in a retirement place. I'm just like, I'm not wearing my good shirts because I don't want to fade them out when it doesn't matter. So I'm like, I'm wearing like the same stuff like every five days. She, she's like, man, I really enjoyed the retirement look. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh man. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I spent a lot of money on pants, a lot of money, a lot of money. <laughs> Me too. And I'm like, what could I have, if I put that in the stock market, imagine. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've especially been in now. sweats and running shorts this whole time, especially in the, like once it got hot, I was like, there is no way I'm wearing pants. Yeah. Yeah. For exactly. sure. Yeah, um, I, there have been days where I thought, like, could I direct in sweats? And I'm like, no, you can't. No one's going to take me seriously. Like, <laughs> I'm not. You got to be like a pretty legit director to show right. up, like, looking like you're comfortable. Like, that's insane. I mean, you so can no. wear a, like a nicer shirt and sweatpants. No one's going to see, right? Yeah. Well, now, now <laughs> yeah. I'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
As a director, what if you wore like a complete tracksuit, like a really <laughs> nice tracksuit? I mean, that's I a would, look. I, I, by the way, I want to say that I saw a picture of John Favreau like wearing a tracksuit <laughs> on, on set of Iron Man or something. I think yeah. that was it. But I'm like, I'm never going to be at his level. He can do whatever he wants. Like I have to. <laughs> I have to at least make people think I'm serious with the way I dress. So uh, that's true. But me in full sweats, maybe one day that would be. I think once you get to a certain level, yeah. Yeah. Once you get to a certain level, you're like, I don't fucking care. I'm wearing sweatpants. Yeah, (laughs) everyone has to look at them. Um, my yeah, but my my insecurity will never let me be that guy. So (laughs) so I will always have to dress up. That's fine. I think we, you know, I'm sorry to do this payment, but I think we have to talk about the Clippers. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so listeners will remember that payment is a super fan, Clipper super fan. Um, and and uh, how, how did that work out for how you? How are you holding up? How are you holding yeah, up now? I, I'll say this, like... Um, and my friends will attest to this. Like I, I was not, uh, it took me a while to get into basketball again when the bubble started. Like I, I've been so caught up in what's going on in the country, like this activism collective I started, um, that I was like, why are they even playing? I don't know about this. And it took me like, it took me a handful of games to get into it. Like I got invited to be a virtual fan a few times and I got to do that and it was fine. It was a little weird. I don't think I would do it again, but I did it too. Um, and it was very awkward. It's, it's super awkward. Yeah. Everything's delayed. And it's like being in a zoom meeting with like 15 people you don't right. know. And you're, you're hearing the it conversations and like someone's yeah. dog starts barking. And I'm like, can, <laughs> can Kawhi hear that dog? Like what's going on? <laughs> Um, yeah, and then someone's trying to do a defense chant, but it's all like off because everyone's like a little bit off. It's just pathetic sounding. <laughs> and there's like, yeah, there's like a few team representatives there, and they're just kind of making sure everybody's like behaving and all that stuff. But it, it was so I I was having trouble getting into it, but like right away you could tell like the Clippers weren't playing well. The mm-hmm. whole bubble they were they and and right when the season stopped is when they were really starting to cook and like they were healthy yeah. and you know, there were, st- I had heard stories, you know, it was in the media, especially this week, but I was even hearing from people I knew that like, there was a lot of Clipper players that didn't even want to go. Yeah. Um, and you just felt it. They weren't, they like, I, I can't be that disappointed because I'm like, they didn't want it. Like, yeah. and then watching the way they blew game five, I was like, Oh, and then game six, I was like, oh, oh, they're going to lose game seven because I've been here before. This is mm-hmm. the this is the the Houston series all over again. I was at that famous game six against Houston, like where the Clippers blew the th- you know twenty three point lead, and Josh Smith actually hit shots for the first time in his life. <laughs> and um, so I was one of the Clipper fans that was like, I'm not watching game seven. And I had friends that were like mad that were like, no, you got to not even Clipper fans, like fans of other teams. And I was like, you don't understand. Like, I know how this ends. Like this team has proven they don't want to win. They have no interest in winning and Denver wants it. And Denver has the talent to beat them. So it was, it was, it was very clear, especially after game six that like doc rivers has to go. Like this is on doc. I would put it like 90% on doc rivers. Like, because 
when I see a completely different roster full of tough guys, supposedly mentally tough guys, and I'm seeing the same body language, the same defeated attitude, the same like lethargic like energy on the court as Lob City, I'm seeing a team that's not trying to win and not rooting for each other. That's coaching. That's bad coaching. That The coach is not motivating his players. How could it feel exactly like it did with a totally different roster six years ago? It comes down to him. I mean, he, you know, it's weird because I love Doc as a person, but as a coach, he's profoundly lazy. He doesn't run practices. They have like less than 10 practices a year. So his excuse that, oh, we didn't have enough time together because we were hurt. Well, it's like, well, in that case, shouldn't you be having practices instead of just going golfing all the time? Um, which is what he does. And he made no adjustments and Mike Malone made him look like a clown. And like, everybody knows he got out coached. And I mean, Mike Malone trolled him in that last game when he was letting Montrez score a few times. Did you all hear about that story? No. He, in the second quarter, Mike Malone told Plumlee, let Montrez get a couple easy dunks because then Doc's going to overplay his minutes. And there was a couple dunks that Trez had where I was like, how the hell did he get that open? Like, why did, did Plumlee just fall asleep during that? Like, I didn't understand what was happening. He literally did that to make Doc go, oh, we should keep him in longer. So they kept him in longer. Jokic came in and all of a sudden the lead started to turn. And then that was it. The momentum was over. He literally gave us points because he knew Doc was too dumb to like see what was happening. And wow. um, so it was a bummer. I mean, my, the big thing that, you know, one of the things that sucks is like the marketing department of the Clippers, like they made us look like idiots. Their entire campaign was making fun of the Lakers and was I like, I hated that. This, so, <laughs> yeah. I hated it. Like this yeah. over this. I'm like, guys, you guys not realize how easy it is to parody this. Like if right. anything goes wrong, we look like idiots. Like, it was also tough because, like, we got two players the Lakers had been photoshopping into their jerseys for years that we ended up getting. And then they make everything about the Lakers. And it, the players kind of played with arrogance all year. Like, they could turn it on whenever they wanted as if they were the Warriors. And, um, you know, in the end, they didn't deserve it. And now, like, Doc is gone, which is great. I think Ty Lue's a way better decision for this team. Um, I think they need a couple other guys got to go. Um, I, Trez played himself off the team. Um, I don't think he is going to come back. I wouldn't be surprised if Montrez because his value dropped and out of spite would like go to the Lakers for two years. Like I can see that happening. Um, I think Lou has to go, um, cause he showed he doesn't care. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm curious what happens. I, but, you know, I've been here. I've been disappointed by this team so many times that it was like, it just made you go, oh, I'm just going to spend less money and time on this team because the same thing just happened. And we'll see what happens with a new coach. But, you know, it, it's my, my big fear with the future of the franchise is I think like all the work they've done in the last five years to get a young fan base just got undone by them losing that way. And the Lakers winning the way they won, like right. playing fun, playing highlight basketball, like rooting for each other. I wouldn't be surprised if like 10% of young Clippers fans are now Lakers fans. Like I think, I think it was that bad. Um, so they got a lot of work to do. I think a lot of it does go back to like the way that the team was presented overall throughout the whole season. When you're talking about like the billboards and stuff, it just felt to me, it felt weird to be like, like 
our campaign is that we're comparing ourselves to the Lakers when everybody knows that like the Clippers are never going to be as big or with as big of a fan base as the Lakers. Like that's not the point of the Clippers. Like it should have just been like, we're focusing on our own shit. You can do what you want. We're doing us like that's it. And then, yeah, yeah. they should have just like separated themselves completely. Yeah. And that attitude. Yeah. The attitude and that ego, like it made every other every fans of every other team like flip on the Clippers and be like, these are now the this is now the team to beat, even though they've never won a championship. Like, yeah, they're the favorites to win when it doesn't really make sense to be the favorites to win just because, you know, good players come. That's not like the only part of the equation that makes a team win a championship. Yeah, I mean, it should have just been their underdog story. The story they've been pitching to free agents is like, right. let's build a new legacy here instead of like, you know, we know that, the, I mean, if, if you really want your own legacy, you can't, yeah, I mean, the marketing campaign being about the Lakers and all you're going to hear is like, this is a Laker town, which to me, honestly, doesn't mean anything. Like, what does that phrase even mean? Like, I don't care that my team's not the more popular one in town. Like, great. The Lakers have a better history. The Clippers also had a higher attendance this season. So like, who cares? Like there's, they're never going to catch them. So it doesn't mean that like, and their fans are always going to troll the Clippers. Like, and understandably so the Clippers are hilariously tragic. Like even working in comedy, I'm like, I texted Yasser the night the Clippers lost. And I go, look, even though I'm bummed, like, this is hilarious. Like, (laughs) I get why this is so funny to everybody else. Like, you know, I'm a Clipper fan. But when Steph Curry did that, that ankle breaker that made like Chris Paul, like fall back, like, I love those memes as much as anybody. Because I'm not a maniac. I know what comedy is. So like, (laughs) they should have just like, dude, just do your own story. And who cares about the Laker town stuff? Like there there are two people types of people in LA. There's the people from here and the, and, and, and then like, who are the Laker fans? There's the Hollywood side. And then like, there's the transplants who don't feel comfortable with that. I couldn't be a Laker fan. I would never yeah. be a Laker fan. Like, so they should, they should have done that. Yeah. And then, and then the Laker fans are like the transplants are all, those are the only fans that the Clippers have. And it's like, well, think about why that is because people move here and they don't want to join they don't want to join the Laker bandwagon because it doesn't really well, make sense or work. Yes. Plus, I think the the cool story that the Clippers could have had is that they're the team of the people, not the celebrities, right? So it's right. like it, because there's so many kids out like in the valley and stuff, they can't afford to go to Lakers games or like Palmdale, let's say. Like, yeah, those kids if they make the trek into town like they're not going to be able to afford to go to a Lakers game they're going to go to a Clippers game especially because the Clippers do so much outreach where it's like okay free tickets to you know this boys and girls club or whatever so they could have been like the team of the people where it's like right you know you're not you're not a Lakers fan because you can't afford to be you're not a celebrity you're not the whatever you know you're no Billy Crystal Oh, wait, no, right. that's the wrong Jack Nicholson. <laughs> you he's are Billy one. Crystal. You are Billy Crystal, yes. The, he's but a, you are not Jack Nicholson. Yeah, You're not Kanye. Denzel Washington. Not, yeah, Denzel. And yeah, I mean, that 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 should have been the move. I also think, like, the. the I, I, I'm glad they brought 
Kawhi and PG, but you could feel that there was that you could feel tension between those two and then like Trez, Pat and Lou because yeah. like it was their team and then these other guys came in. I think Pat was a little more willing to share it. I think Lou was at times, but you know, I'll be honest, man, that wings thing was like all time, one of the most all time selfish, dumb moves I've seen. That's when I was like, Oh, Lou Williams doesn't want to win a championship. He doesn't care. Like he plays very casual and you just saw it. I was like, that was just such a dumb thing to do. And so embarrassing. I voted for him for most horny for that, for the donkeys that we (laughs) just recorded. Yeah. (laughs) He went to the extreme for his horniness. (laughs) And and like, and by the way, I've heard from friends in Atlanta that like those wings are legit and they're supposedly the best, some of the best wings in Atlanta, which is saying something, but dude, do curbside pickup. I don't care that they're (laughs) named after you. You don't go inside. Like get someone else to pick them up for you. He's there with his family. You don't have a little cousin who could like, (laughs) I don't, I don't believe that he was just picking up wings. I I mean, to me, it's like very obvious that he was not doing that. He can hold on to that story he, if you want. <laughs> look, but, but here's the thing. H- had he gone into the bubble after that and played well, it would have been fine. And then we would have been. But he, ca- he came in and he didn't play well. And Trez was, look, Trez was going through some horrible stuff. I feel terrible for what he was dealing with. I honestly think the best move would have been after the Dallas series or maybe a few games in the Denver series, they should have sent him home because he clearly wasn't going to do well and just let you know, Patrick Patterson and give like, why they even signed Noah they were just holding him for the Lakers series. Like, um, Trez should have been sent home. Like he just was not there mentally and it just wasn't fair to him or the team. So I um, think you're right that it kind of boils down to, they really didn't want to be there. Like even, um, you know, PG said that, he want he's like it's hard being in here mentally and i want to leave you know yeah. like yeah and then he talked about you know talking to a therapist and stuff because he was like i i'm just like not mentally in the right place and i think that's kind of what it boils down to they all weren't mentally in the right place i think doc wasn't mentally in the right place like none of them were and Nobody also like was. i don't think you can expect them to be at 100% mentally with like the pandemic with like black lives matter movement with like everything that the election, everything that's happening at the same time. And they're expected to like compartmentalize away from all that and be like basketball, me like basketball yeah. only entertain us, entertain us. <laughs> I don't care about you guys entertain. Like that's yeah. why I, I felt really bad. I mean, when PG was saying that of like, yeah, you can go have a bad game and then all you can do is go back into your hotel room and go on social media where like you're trending because everyone's talking about how much you suck. And, you know, I love Paul George, but he's not the best shit talker in the NBA. He seems to like start to talk and then he just walks away from it and then he doesn't back it up. And, you know, he played a lot better after he talked to that therapist. I mean, with the exception of game seven, but he had some, he had some good games after the you know, right. that first week or two of, of not doing well. I do expect him to have like a really good year next year. I think he's going to come out for blood. Um, but yeah, you could just tell like this team doesn't want to win. And it was, yeah. it was, it was weird. And it's gotta be weird to not play with fans there. Cause some guys thrive on getting booed and, you know, obviously cheered, but like some of those guys, they, they love that stuff. It's just yeah. gotta be, I, yeah, it's just like it's, LeBron. It's I mean, LeBron strange. was like, 
his whole thing about like put some respect on my name. It's like, dude, everyone respect. I mean, not everyone, but tons of people respect you. You get a lot of respect. He needs that narrative in his mind to keep him going. Yes, LeBron is he. He is either doing that to keep the narrative going, or like he's so spoiled at this point that he doesn't understand. I'm like, dude, do, do you follow Bleacher Report? Like, if you eat Twizzlers that a fan gives you, there's like five posts about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like literally, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. All they do is talk about you. Like, also, I'm what? convinced. I'm convinced that like his biggest haters are like the Lakers fans who were like, we don't want him. <laughs> Like, is that who that message is for? Like, I'm yeah, and I'm not naming names, but there are some Lakers fans, some that we might both know, and some <laughs> notable ones that a year ago were saying that Lakers LeBron was Wizards MJ, right? And like, I was arguing with them, like, what are you talking about? He's coming off a groin injury, and then like a year later, they're like, now they love LeBron. I'm like, this right. is the guy that you now guys they're like, hated. we accept him, and it's like, okay, yeah. well. But I think he had Great. he did have to win. He had to win the championship this to. year or or he would have been booed out of town. Like he had to win it. Like and yeah. I think so he has that narrative in his brain kind of like, you know, what we saw with MJ in the last dance. It's like he needs that to motivate him and I think, you know, there are other players who are such emotional players that Sometimes they just can't find that thing that motivates them. And, you know, I'm sure LeBron was going through as much stress as anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's deal. he's got like social issues constantly on his mind. Like he was constantly talking about racial injustice and he was also, you know, so under pressure this year, but he just has that laser focus that, that drives him, you know? Well, and he got it over time because he used to be the guy that would blow it. And yeah. then it was that one uh, uh, 2012 against the the Celtics when it was like, oh, are the Celtics going to knock him out? And that's when they said LeBron started reading pregame and that started calming him down. He was like reading the Hunger Games. I remember seeing these like <laughs> shots of him like <laughs> – a trainer's like pulling his leg and he's like reading the Hunger Games. And then I don't know if you remember, but he'd be on the sideline and he'd be like meditating yes. to keep himself calm. That's when um, the LeBron that could slow down. Like now you see him and he's dribbling the ball and you're like, oh, he's about to do a step back three and it's going to go in. Like forget the looking at his hand thing. Even before that, you can even tell his like he has a couple um, – tells where you're like okay here it comes he's gonna do a step back and he knows it's going in and he he got he he's gotten to that um that inevitability that jordan and kobe had where you're like oh yo he's gonna pull it out in the end that's why it's weird when he does it now when it used to be the flip when you just assume lebron would Mm, would miss the shot or defer because he didn't want to take the shot right but i mean look as much as i you know i don't root for the lakers and i you know i i love lebron as a player i think it's Sometimes as a social media personality, it's a little annoying. Um, <laughs> there was a ridiculous amount of pressure on him this year. Yeah. Like with the social justice stuff, nobody has more eyes on them than LeBron. They know they're going to, he knows they're going to ask him about it. And then it was basically like you, we, our hearts broke in February or January, February, when Kobe died, you have to make it better now. And right. like, it was on him to do it, um, right. which is insane. But when Giannis wins the MVP and LeBron is talking about like it, it, t- complaining about narratives, I'm like, dude, you're literally the guy who's like 
controlling the narrative. What are right. you talking about? The right. narrative was all on LeBron. But also, like, you're you're never going to make ev- all these haters happy. Like, yeah. It's never going to happen. To like, me, it's it, like, you know, just the- focus on the people that are supporting you and give a shit about you. And, like, I don't know. But, maybe hey, it's- if he's winning championships with it, whatever let the haters i mean the haters are still there of course the haters are still there they're talking about how it doesn't count blah 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 he's never gonna be the goat whatever they're always gonna be saying shit like that like there's no point in like focusing on that Um, you should do what kobe did just win just win and everyone hates you and then when you retire that's when we all like take that you know we throw that act away and we're like all right dude we respect you and we applaud him and the all that that's what, is... it's the same thing as like you know Derek jeter getting a Derek jeter chant at fenway park in his last game there it's just like all right like yeah we booed you because you were our foil but like we respect you but he keeps talking about it you're like dude just you're fine like yeah you're fine you're just like there's nobody that tries to control the narrative more than that guy <laughs> um and, but I will say, I think LeBron should have been the MVP. I think he makes more sense than Giannis does. Um, I mean, just, talking about emotional players and hot and cold, I mean, Giannis didn't have a great time in the bubble. That, you know, it's weird. I was hearing like in the first week from fr- like friends that work in the league, they're like, yeah, the whole league's like not taking Milwaukee seriously right now. But he didn't know why. So I don't know if they also came in fractured or did Giannis come in there already talking about leaving? Like, I don't know. I think he's going to stay, but they, I mean, they fell apart. I mean, the bubble's weird. They got, they got knocked out early. Toronto lost the way they lost. Like, um, I mean, Miami's a great team and they were the underrated team and probably, you know, the biggest story that the NBA media completely missed this year. Like the right. NBA media completely for this missed show, the coolest story. We were talking story. about the heat. Yeah, oh, we were talking about the heat. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Agata, I, uh, <laughs> like predicted in a year ago in October that the heat were going to win it all. <laughs> you, you know who else in October was talking about them was Owen Ellickson. No way. I was in like, no way. Yeah, I was, a, I was in, I'm in a, or I was in this like big basketball chat that he's in. And he was like, you guys, we got to keep our eyes on the heat. And we were like, Psh, get out of here. And then like, you start watching them and you're like, oh, this is like a very, they're playing like Spurs ball. It's so selfless. And like yeah. their ball movement is like beautiful. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy finally found a spot. Found so friends. I don't know how, <laughs> yeah. And, and the cool thing about them losing is now they won't get any, crap if they sign a big name right um so i expect them to get a pretty big name my guess is if Giannis leaves if he leaves milwaukee i think it's going to be between miami and dallas i think are going to be the two big teams. i know toronto wants him Mm -hmm. and there's a shot there i know golden state has wanted him for many years as soon as kd left um but i think i think he's going to stay but i think Giannis in in miami would be terrifying there's lots of good greek food in miami there's a huge <laughs> greek population so uh true right. very true just saying yeah all right let's move on to previously on basketball so since we watched a movie that came out on march 27th 1992 let's find out what was happening in the world and in the nba around this time in previously on basketball Last week on Step by Step Basketball. 
Uh, I was a big step by step fan. <laughs> Great show. The Bulls defeat the Trailblazers in the finals to win their second straight NBA title. Michael Jordan wins his third MVP award. Earlier this week, Kyrie Irving was born in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, cute. (laughs) The number one song this week is Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. Number one at the box office with $14.7 million is White Men Can't Jump, replacing horny Sharon Stone, Michael Douglas thriller, Basic Instinct. (laughs) Jay Leno takes over for Johnny Carson as host of The Tonight Show. The Real World New York, the first season of The Real World, makes its debut on MTV. The Dream Team is set to represent the U.S. in the 1992 Summer Olympics in Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what what a collection of news. What a year. year. (laughs) Great year. Jeez. Wow. The real world debuting? Uh, Okay, that is iconic. First of all, the real world, New York. I watched that whole first season. I was just a child learning about the world. I watched it like maybe maybe like 10 years ago because I was like desperate to find the those early seasons that are impossible mm-hmm. to find because they have all the unlicensed music on it. But right. I like I think I had to like find it on some sketchy website or something, but iconic, truly. Back when they had it's actual amazing. jobs. <laughs> like yeah. you'd be like, here's a doctor in the real world house. <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, had um what was his name? Is it Eric? Oh, do you have the the opening for it, Gabe? Let's watch that. I think it's Eric Nyes. Is that his name? Eric Nyes? Nyes, who ended up working for MTV. This is the true story. That's right. True story. Seven strangers <laughs> picked to live in a loft and have their lives taped to find out what happens <laughs> what? when people stop being polite. Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world. <laughs> Wow. Heather, I, mean, I remember truly, Heather too. She was like a rapper. Truly iconic. Yes. Ugh, I love it. <sighs> wow. That's Even though my favorite geez. season is always going to be San Francisco. That was... The, with, with Puck and, with and Pedro. Pedro and yeah. Yeah. And the, the couple who... The woman was the doctor and the man was the cartoon artist. And they actually are still married to this day. <laughs> Oh, wow. really? Oh, I Impressive. remember them. Yeah, that guy was great. They were yeah, so boring super- on the real world, but it's just because they're normal people. Well, it's because right. they they had to change the format at some point because it would be like, I'm a doctor. I'm at the hospital for like 70 hours a week. I can't be filming. <laughs> so then they were like, like okay, yeah. we got to get people on that like can just sit around in the house for six weeks or whatever. And it's yeah. not a big deal. Cause um, you sit around let- and you're going to work at this t-shirt shop together. Right, and then you guys right are exactly. Um, or you're going to work at this shrimp shack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's look at baby Kyrie. Oh, what a cutie! His dad is so handsome. Yeah, Yeah. his dad is handsome. Oh my gosh! There's like some show on the internet where like people remake houses or like remodel the interior of their house for their family member. And there's an episode with Kyrie and his sister doing it for his dad. 
Oh my god, let's oh, watch it yeah. for an episode of the show. Okay, we should. <laughs> it's great. very cute. Yeah. Okay. What a let's... cute kid. Look at that wrist fat. Look at that. Oh my god. <laughs> That's and a shoot shot. You know it's gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> Cheesing for the camera. Um <laughs> all right, let's uh let's watch this clip from Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. Sometimes the snow comes down. <laughs> wow. Definitely a green screen. Yeah, or just a painting. <laughs> I think it's a backdrop, yeah. <laughs> She's so pretty. She is. She really is. Oh wow. my god, I feel like I'm like in my room doing homework and that's playing <laughs> on MTV. That's crazy. Mom, i Vanessa Williams. <laughs> Where are my pizza rolls? Give me my pizza rolls. Man. Yeah. Okay, we gotta watch this horny scene from Basic Instinct. <laughs> Gabe, put, Gabe put NSFW with two exclamation points, so I think it's really Gabe, did horny. did you censor this for us? I, d- I can't let my innocent eyes... Oh, this is the scene. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. You ever use drugs with Mr. Boz? Sure. Newman. Newman. <laughs> Newman. Dude, he's in so many iconic pieces of For media. real. He looks exactly Jurassic the same Park. in everything. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gabe, did you Newman censor this? Newman is so horny. <laughs> Gabe, you didn't censor it. Nice. Sorry. You, you should have put an emoji over it. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I mean, hey, we've all seen it, right? Yeah, I'm just kidding. You know, what, you know what's crazy is like, even if you did that now, people would lose their minds. They're like, there, that's a ballsy move. I forgot how wild that shot is. Yeah. Wow. Well, Absolutely the thing wild. that kind of is a bummer about it is, I don't know, you know, who knows if this story is true, but I've heard that Sharon Stone, like the wardrobe people on purpose didn't give her like underwear to wear with that dress. And they, the director told her to do that. And she was like, well, I'm not wearing underwear. And he's like, don't worry. We'll do it at an angle where you can't see. What? So I I heard, and I don't know if this is true, that allegedly she did not know this was like her vagina was going to be in the movie until she saw the premiere. That's horrible. Oh my God. That's good. See, that's another like uh, sign of the times. You couldn't do that today. So like right. she would have gotten approval and like her publicist would have went crazy. Like, Oh my God, that's, that's, um, that, that seems uh, illegal. Awful. That seems yeah. like, like <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, Whoa, yeah, oh my sorry, God. I didn't know that when I pulled the clip. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I did know it was, gross though so <laughs> sorry no it's okay with it's not think- gross it's the female body game yeah come on game it's <laughs> That's the not what I meant. you know natural form of the, <laughs> the, the but- ladies flower if you will <laughs> <laughs> no but it, i i i don't know if it's true this is just like something i've heard but it does seem like a 80s early 90s thing where it's just like women were just being screwed over left right and center and also this is like you know the third crazy woman is in love with me movie that michael douglas did or second Mm. or something so it's like that was just the time it seemed like yeah man all right let's look at the dream team yeah yes 
Wow. Oh, man. Iconic. What a collection. What a great group look of guys. Look at this. <laughs> this is, look at how great this team is. Who can name them all? I can. <laughs> okay, go for it. Because <laughs> I definitely don't recognize some of these guys. Okay, left to right from the top. Uh, Patrick Ewing, Christian Leitner, there's Magic Johnson and David Robinson. Uh, then we got Larry Bird, MJ, Barkley, Carl Malone, and then Scotty Pippen, John Stockton, Clyde Drexler, and there's Chris Mullen in the middle. I mean, sorry, on the far right, and then the coach is Chuck Daly. Mm. Oh, man. Wow. Impressive man. job. <laughs> this was like, oh, my God, the Dream Team was like, that summer was so exciting. It was just so fun to watch America just murder every other country. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Like every game they won by like 60. It was like not fair. It was oh so my God. cool. <laughs> it was and so it really like watch. ignited the love of basketball like across the world. Yep. Yeah. And then Which the whole cool. story of Leitner being there over Isaiah is just like the greatest. Yeah. The greatest. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like, he's the one guy that I couldn't even guess at his name, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it is interesting. That was like such an interesting part of Save the Last Dance. Yeah. yeah. Save mm-hmm. the Last Dance. S- save oh, the Last Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Great that was in that movie. <laughs> I, know, I was like, I don't remember the title being that romantic. <laughs> That's so funny because I didn't even notice I had misspoken. I'm like, yeah, that's the name of the Michael Jordan documentary. That's hilarious. I think we have to do a Save the Last Dance episode now. <laughs> we should. We should. <laughs> hey, Gata, you know what I love? What? Canada. <laughs> hey, me too. That's my homeland. You're from Canada. Is that why you love it? Yeah, I love Canada because I I love you and you're from Canada. Uh, but I also love that basketball podcast, The Confederacy of Dunks. Oh, awesome. Uh, hosted by Toronto comedian Freddie Rivas and brought to you by the Sonar Network, they tackle everything NBA related with the right amount of goofy stings and segments mixed with hardcore fan knowledge. They are also devoted Toronto Raptors fans, as you can imagine, being Canadian. Mm-hmm. And with weekly guests that include some of the best Canadian comedians and sports personalities, they're going to talk about the Raptors quite a bit. Even if you're not a Raptors fan, this podcast will give you the perfect amount of coverage on the NBA's only Canadian team before moving on to everything else in the NBA. They just wrapped up their seventh season and they will be continuing with their off-season episodes until basketball resumes again. When is that, you ask? I don't know. Ask Adam Silver. <laughs> don't ask me. Yeah, why are you asking Agata? She said no. <laughs> Stop texting me when is basketball coming back. I don't know. <laughs> but in the meantime, everyone should check out the Confederacy of Dunks at thesonarnetwork.com. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you prefer. All right. Today we watched White Men Can't Jump from 1992. Let's get into the movie. Let's all go to the, let's all go to the, anyway, let's go to the movie. 
Okay, so just a little bit of info before we get started. This film is written and directed by Ron Shelton, who also did Bull Durham and Tin Cup. He just really likes sports movies. And it's starring Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, Rosie Perez, Tyra Farrell, or Farrell and Kadeem Hardison, and father of friend of the show, Marcus Johnson, Josiah oh, Johnson's father. Right. Which is so mm-hmm. fun to see him in this. Um, yeah. I didn't, and, I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. It's essentially he plays this like, you know, rough and tumble kind of street ball player who in order to get money to put down for a bet, he goes to rob a liquor store. <laughs> but then the liquor store owner's like, hey, Raymond, is that you? <laughs> It's a funny scene. It's such a funny scene. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's just funny that Marcus Johnson is this like rough dude. (laughs) When he's like such a cute, nice guy that I know now. I didn't really watch him play or anything. But yeah, that was such a funny scene. And then so he comes back with, he ends up just selling his gun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And comes back with $250. So essentially the whole movie is that Woody Harrelson plays Billy Hoyle, a white basketball hustler. He like essentially tries to, what's the word? Like trick people because they're like, oh, he's white. He can't play. What what did you say? (laughs) The word is hustle. He is a hustle. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I think you just said the word. Yeah. 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 And. So there's all this really weird, interesting, like early 90s race relations kind of stuff in this movie, mm-hmm. which, you know, as you can tell from the title, that that's going to happen. But it's just really interesting how they like kind of are talking about what white people think of black people in a lot of ways. How, because mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson throughout the whole thing is just like, you care more what you look like than winning and like you're wasting money on your chain and not dinners for your family or whatever. And it's like, he's wrong the whole time. And he's a loser. (laughs) That's the thing. He's a loser. They make him out to be the hero, but he's the loser. And like, and you know, whatever this movie's eight, what is it? 20 something, almost 30 years old. We can talk spoilers. Like, yes. The, yeah. Right. And the fact that he, it's funny. Cause I forgot the ending. I had watched this movie when it came out. I was 14 when it came out, I think. And then a few more times later, I, it had been, you know, at least 15, 20 years since I watched it. And as I watched it, I was like, Oh my God, I remember so many of these lines and the exact line reads. Um, I forgot that he loses the girl at the end. Yeah. Because I'm used to today how movies are so like cookie cut that I was like, wait, right. how does she come back? This movie's about to be over. Like, how? Do, oh, wait, no, he lost her. He won the money, but he lost her because he didn't learn his lesson. Like, he's the idiot in this right. whole thing. Um, and they're trying so hard to paint him as a hero. Um, and he keeps screwing up. And Rosie Perez is like way too supportive of him, like way right. too supportive. Yeah. She just keeps giving him money that is just gone that he keeps blowing. And she's like, you know, yeah, she's trying to just love her. You know, her trying to get on jeopardy was just like such a fun little that was the best. I, loved that. I know. And, and I remember actually- my, you see Alex Trebek, like you yeah. see the jeopardy set. <laughs> 
It was, it was amazing. It was awesome. And I forgot we all had a crush on Ozzy Perez back in the day. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so so the the plot of the movie is he basically Woody Harrelson is like at the beginning of the movie he's playing basketball he hustles uh this group of players and then they're like oh we can use this guy to con other people mm-hmm. um and uh yeah the movie is a series of uh basketball players where they're trying to screw people out of money yeah yeah and he he's in some kind of debt to these bad guys that i don't know that i if i just didn't clock what it was i was like are these just generic bad guys like he said that essentially he rosie bought or no rosie explains this to wesley snipes wife um she says she bought a car off the stucci brothers Uh (laughs) and um not the Stucci brothers. <laughs> and <laughs> it immediately broke on her. So she said, I'm not going to pay you for the car. And they said, okay, we'll call it even if your boyfriend blows this game. So all he had to do was play in a basketball game and not win. But his right. ego was so that's big right. that he couldn't not win. And that's like the story of their relationship is his ego is so big there was one part where like he, everything was great. He got the money he needed for her and Wesley Snipes giving him a ride home. And he's like, you know, I can dunk. Right. And Wesley's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and he gave he, him an out. He gave him an out. like, this is <laughs> yeah. not a big deal. Just go home to your girl, buy her a nice, you know, dress or whatever. And he, Pasta his dinner. ego was so big that he had to bet money that he could dunk and he didn't. <laughs> They're like, there's a hoop right there. And I want to say Wesley called it a goal. There's a goal right there. I remember being like, why is he calling it a goal? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he had everything and then he blew it. Yeah. Yeah. Classic, Man. classic gambling story. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's just like uncut gems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's interesting. There are some like parallels to mm-hmm. that movie with this one. Um Yeah. Actually, this is a question for you, Payman, because you've directed basketball scenes. Mm-hmm. This movie's so interesting because, like, almost all of the basketball scenes have like a slow mo portion. <laughs> yeah, and the last yeah, yeah. game was like almost all slow mo. Yeah, but they were, but they, it looked like they were really playing basketball, like. It- that's the stuff that I was really paying attention to. Like since I've had to shoot basketball, like I, I, even when I was younger, I would watch sports movies and get mad when I didn't believe the, um, the actual playing. They, this thing is, this is like well-directed sports. Like it doesn't shock me that that director has done other, you know, Bull Durham is one of the best baseball movies ever. Tin Cup is a great golf movie. Like, what I love is, you know, I, I did a show a, a year or so ago with Rory Scoville called Robbie. It was about basketball. And my big thing was this will never be the basketball show where, like, you know, you cut to someone doing this and then you cut to the hoop and the ball goes in. Like, that's yeah. why I hate, I hate that so much. And on this in this movie, like they they play out beats like there's like, you know, when they're, they're shooting from the top of the key and they have a full take where they both hit one back to back him and snipes. And then, um, they're, they're not, it's not like fast cuts. You're actually watching good basketball. That's like coordinated well. And you know, Woody Harrelson has got the handles. I, he, I yeah. forgot. It was like, Oh no, Woody was actually very good at basketball. They didn't cheat it in this movie. Like he's yeah. like super talented. And like, 
but going behind the back and like doing stuff that like we go crazy for now. Yeah. Um, like Wesley Snipes does a thing where he like goes between his legs and lays it up with his other hand. Yeah. It was like, that's really good. What about That's, the what about yeah. that scene where Woody Harrelson like throws it from like way across the court with one arm and it makes it in? Yeah. How, right. many, how many times do they have to I shoot know cuz you got to think like 92 they didn't have the VFX stuff that we have. Like now you would VFX that shot, mm-hmm. but like right. yeah, that must have taken That's when I was when I was watching the basketball stuff, I just kept trying to imagine like how long did it take to shoot this scene because it's really exact. It's coordinated so well. And it's like dazzling basketball, like really beautiful passes. And um, it's, yeah, from a directing standpoint, I was like really impressed with how they handled the basketball. Cause I was like, Oh, that's what you have to get the sport. Right. If you don't get the sport, right. You've lost the most crucial audience to that movie or TV show. Well, like, and this movie's like 90% basketball. Like it's right, so yeah. much it's of it is of just basketball, basketball scenes. It so do you really think is. the slow-mo was like a stylistic choice? Cause I, at first I was like, Oh, they're just doing this to like cover up some cut or something. But then I was like, I wait, was, no, they're not covering a cut. No, it was, it was just pure stylistic. Just like, you know, that eighties, nineties thing of like you slow-mo the important beats and make it seem like, you know, is this, is it more dire than it is? I think it was just stylistic, but there was a lot. I mean, it would slow down a lot. I like it when it was in regular speed. That always works better for me. Yeah. Um, I I agree. (laughs) Yeah. But it was, it's, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to watch that side of it and, and just be like, Oh, right. Like does Woody hair like, and then I was thinking like, does Woody Harrelson have a favorite team? Have I ever seen a picture of him at a game? And I don't know that I have, like, I'm curious if he has a team, but yeah, the basketball is outstanding. Yeah, I don't normally associate him with basketball, you know, except for this movie. Like you don't really think of him as like a fan or whatever, but I'm very curious. Also, I know they're remaking this movie right now. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, it was announced a few months ago. I don't think cast has been mentioned. I just remember hearing the script was sold. Um, Woody Harrelson should do it again. Yeah, that would be, it should just be those two guys. Again. Yeah. That yeah. would be great. That'd be good. It'd be like uh, yeah, and Wesley Snipes. It'd be, like, be perfect. It'd be like the big three street ball at this point. Is right. what it would feel like. Just like <laughs> it's forty percent speed. <laughs> um, also, Kadeem Hardison is in this as a friend of Wesley Snipes named Junior. I was a huge fan of A Different World when I was a kid, and Dwayne Wayne from mm-hmm. A Different World. Uh, who's played by Kadeem Hardison. So when I saw him, I was like, oh my God, Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> and he's so good in this movie. He's, he's so, so funny. Like that we go in Sizzler is like, we used to say that all the time. <laughs> it's well, like that's one of the now become like lines. a big meme, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. And he just like a huge part of this movie is like shit talking. And he, in the beginning, you know, is like a big part of that. He's sort of like, is... Wesley Snipes like hype man or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the sh- the shit talks great. Mm-hmm. I mean it gets it gets dark. Though I'm like if you were to make this movie now whoever plays Wesley Snipes No, you know what I would do is like I would stunt cast in one of the games. I would stunt cast Montrez Harrell and have him call the guy a bitch ass white boy <laughs> just to see if like <laughs> what Let's find out like what the alt-right thinks of this movie all of a sudden because they all of a sudden cared about basketball after that one moment. I'm es- essentially Woody Harrelson gets called a 
bitch ass white boy a bunch in this movie. And it's really funny because there's a bunch of times where he's like, he's essentially says like, that's racist. Like this is, he, he's not saying reverse racism, but he's sort of, that's his whole MO is like, you're racist against me. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also thought was like such an interesting thing from the early nineties. Like you have to think the LA riots happened in 92, right? Mm-hmm. So this was the conversation that was happening at that time. Also, reverse racism doesn't exist. So right. you're and, fucking wrong. And <laughs> Woody. I think this movie also is like all of the stereotypes that Woody Harrelson has about, you know, Wesley Snipes character. They're all proven wrong in the end. You know what I mean? Right. Where it's like he is actually taking care of his family better than Woody is. So, right. yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is like a lot of that, I think, too, is just like the culture of like streetball at that point. Because I remember in that in the 90s, I had friends that would like play in the and one tournaments and stuff. And my I remember one specific white friend. Oh, man, he would get. I mean, they would mess with him and they would foul him so hard and they would like whisper stuff in his ear to get in his head. I remember a clip where like the other team scored and when they went to check the ball, my buddy had his hands on his knees like ready to guard. And as the guy came back to the top of the key, he just bounced the ball casually off my friend's head. And my friend couldn't do anything because he was like this little white guy. Um, But I remember he would always come back and tell me stories of like, man, these guys just like go off on me being white. And like, I thought it was hilarious. But uh, (laughs) well, he would tell me the jokes and I'm like, dude, those are good jokes, man. Just fucking take it. It's fine. (laughs) Just beat them. Win the game. But like, that's that's a good joke. Appreciate the joke. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of this takes place in Venice Beach, which is fun. 90s. (laughs) It's very 90s. Yeah. In the beginning, Woody walks to the these like hoops at Venice Beach and he's like, do Eddie King and Duck Johnson play here? And then he falls asleep on the court and a previous guest, J.E. Skeets, mentioned that he thought maybe this whole movie was a dream. <laughs> and oh, the moment I saw that, I was like, oh, this is what he's talking about. Woody falls asleep on the court And then you kind of see the hoop and then there's like a weird slow motion thing and then cut to there's a basketball game happening. So you're right. Oh man. That's because I remember while watching that, I didn't have that thought at all, but I remember being like, weird. He just goes to the court and just falls asleep, just lays under the hoop and puts his ball down and uses it as a pillow. Like this is a very weird choice. Yeah. Like what's Um, the point of that scene? You know, like if, if, is he just getting a feel for the court or? <laughs> well, it's weird because he has that moment with those men that are singing on the boardwalk, even though there's like nobody out there. Right. Um, and they're at the end of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Were those guys ghosts? Like, <laughs> <laughs> was this movie sci-fi and we yeah, didn't know? It's actually oh like a God. weird supernatural. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That's but- hilarious. And and also the the Rosie Perez winning the Jeopardy stuff. Like she wins Jeopardy. Yeah. And it's like that feels like a real dream kind of thing, you know? But then why would he not end up with her at the end? Anyways, it's I an interesting thing. Nightmare. It's not a dream, yeah. it's a nightmare. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm glad she yeah. left him. 
Me <laughs> too. Was, me too. They were, gonna, they were gonna have a bad life together. That guy's just never. You know, he wasn't gonna change. He's kind of horrible. Like I didn't like him at all. And mm. maybe it's just my 2020 mindset. And in 1992, maybe I would have thought differently. I did see this, but I was like 10 years old when I saw it. Um, so I, I want to say we rooted for him when the movie came out. Yeah, Probably. I think it is the 2020 thing. Now you're like, what am I doing? Why was I rooting for a dick? Yeah, this guy's <laughs> horrible. He's mean to he Wesley sucks. Snipes. He's mean to Rosie Perez. She's an angel. That's so many movies, though, from that era. You watch and you're like, what? Yeah. Why? This guy's like the protagonist yeah. that we're supposed to be on his side. And he's just an asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah, it's like her story is the one I'm interested in, but somebody's like, well, actually, what he's dealing with, and then trying to tell me his story, because I really didn't care about him. Right. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I was rooting for him to lose. Yeah. This movie's also very horny. Just want to point that out. <laughs> oh, my it's God. The scene, the scene where he's driving and she climbs into his lap. To make out <laughs> like this is they're about to die they're gonna crash and die and the movie's gonna end and they're, then he just makes that, a bad joke yeah. about safe sex <laughs> that's right yeah but i remember like you know th- there i forgot that there was like a full-on sex scene in this movie i didn't even like remember that but i do it's so weird i specifically remember this one scene that's in it when he comes and they put she puts the money in the jar the first time he's there and then he they're like kissing. And then she goes, you stink, take a shower. And he goes, all right, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to put my mouth right here. And he puts like the jar of money, like in between her crotch. And I remember at that time being like, whoa, somebody <laughs> referenced that in a movie. Like that's like such a crazy specific. That's like one of the moments in the movie that I remembered. And when it happened, I was like, oh yeah, that was like as horny as I remember it being like, that's a super horny moment. <laughs> and you were a teen uh, at the time. Yeah. So I'm sure you were looking for those. <laughs> Yeah, we just kept rewinding that moment. Oh, my God, he put the, he put the jar there. Can you believe he put his jar there? <laughs> All right, yeah, should we give some awards? Yeah, let's, let's do some yeah. donkeys. Donkeys! <laughs> so the donkeys are awards that we give out for arbitrary categories. And uh, we should give most points, I guess, to Wesley Snipes and... Uh, Woody Harrelson's characters <laughs> or yeah. to Rosie Perez on Jeopardy. Gosh. I Maybe Rosie. That seems like the move. Yeah. She did get a lot of points. Yeah. She got a lot of points. She All knew right. a lot of foods that started with the letter Q. <laughs> <laughs> that was her big thing. I like that uh, they introduced her as a professional disco dancer. <laughs> <laughs> the montage of her just answering shit when it felt like it went on forever. That yeah. was long. This montage was intense. <laughs> yeah. I want to give um, the wearing too much clothes for being at Venice Beach award <laughs> to uh, Woody Harrelson's character because he always had like five layers of clothes on, including a jacket. Yeah, there was always two t-shirts minimum. You would mm-hmm. always see a t-shirt under the t- Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, Amazing style. I'm going to give horny award to Rosie Perez as well. <laughs> Congratulations on being the horniest 
person in this movie. She did yell, I want to screw more than once in the <laughs> yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, oh my I gosh. support it. I support her and her journey. Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, do you have one you want to give, Payman? I'm going to do for f- funniest scene. I'm going to do that robbery scene. Yeah. With Mark as Johnson. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. And they just like let it play in a two shot. And it just made, it was so perfect. Um, he was quite yeah. good in this movie. I know he's yeah. done uh, other acting before we saw him in um, uh, blue chips, <laughs> blue chips. And he plays like an assistant coach, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed him in this. It was really funny. I, I like forgot how iconic that was. Like, even when he loses and he's like, I'm going to get my other gun. I'm going to shoot everybody. Like we all remember that scene. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh my God. I like at the time did not clock that that was, I, I don't have a memory of knowing that that was him at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. at it. Yeah, yeah. We should tell Josiah that his dad got a donkey. He's going to be <laughs> yeah. excited. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, sh- like, is he the best acting basketball player ever? Like, they, like, he's like legit good in this. Like, I'm that's talking Blake point. Griffin level performance. Like, that's yeah. a very good performance, mm-hmm. and it's iconic. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. I think I want to give best saying to um, when Wesley Snipes' character says, "The sun even shines on a dog's ass some days." <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, wow. Gabe, do you have any? Um, I think I'll give uh, best bit part to um, I. I noticed the the girl who played the PA at the Jeopardy PA when uh, Wesley and Woody are at the at the door. Yeah, and I thought she just gave a solid performance for someone who had two lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. great job to that PA. <laughs> I don't remember That's what funny. she said. That's amazing. I think she said, she doesn't want to see you right now or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. that. That's great. Um, then. All right. So it looks like Rosie Perez wins because she's hey. the only person that got more than one. Congrats, Rosie. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Um, next week we're watching the way back starring Ben Affleck. Um, so watch it or, you know, don't watch it. It's kind of a bummer of a movie. So <laughs> yeah, you can just hear <laughs> just us. Be, be warned <laughs> if you're going to watch it, it is a huge bummer. Um, you're just watching a, a alcoholic actor play an alcoholic coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but the episode is great. Our gonna be a great, great episode yeah yeah um we already recorded it so sneak peek uh that it's that's not really a sneak peek i'm just telling you it's good but Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into our mail basket today we have an email from claire m uh claire says hi gals and gabe love the show i appreciate commentary on the topics i care about like shoes underwear size and kissing <laughs> I love when you comment on a player and wives and girlfriends social media feeds. Could you do a check-in on some of the players who have left the bubble? I started following Montrez Harrell after Sean Clements was on and it's a wild ride. He installed his own blinds and got a puppy. Take care and have a nice day. Great email. Thank you, Claire, for reaching out. Um, I, we do follow a lot of players, but um, this is actually a good idea. Maybe we can have some kind of 
check in. Um, We've done a see. summer vacation thing before, and I think yeah. we'll do it again where it's like the summer vacation, you know, not summer, but off season. Lainey! Right. Oh, <laughs> there she is. There Lainey. she is. Who's that, bud? If, if anyone doesn't already know, Payment has a very cute dog named Lainey. She's got her own Instagram. Is it Lainey is a good girl? Laney is a good girl. Yeah. Uh, check it out. She's adorable. <laughs> She's got a little pink that belly. Button. Oh my gosh. She does what a little, little pink belly. Oh, <laughs> angel. Yeah. What an absolute <laughs> little angel. Oh my God. I oh love my it. God. Um, but I did see on, <laughs> <laughs> on Giannis's social media. Oh yeah. Um, he greets Costas, his brother, when he comes home to Greece at the airport and it was so cute. He's like got this little like air horn. It's like burr, 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 and he's like <laughs> yelling like champion. Yeah. At oh, it's very yeah, cute. Great. Yeah. Definitely send it. If you guys see cute stuff, definitely send it over to us or tag us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We want to, we want to see as much as possible. Um, yeah. And we will try to keep up as much as we can. I've been following Evan Fournier and Sergi Baca just to like, they both speak in French a lot. So I'm like trying to get uh, a little French practice in. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> but it's just like fun, you know, even like players who aren't huge stars, it's like fun to watch what they're doing in the off season. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. If you want to email us, you can always contact us at hi at dunk.town or leave a message on our cutie hotline, 903-420-DUNK. Tell us about your favorite teams, players, anything that you think we should know about. Yeah. Um, Payman, thank you so much for coming back. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I don't really have anything. Uh, just my Twitter. You just got my Twitter. I'll talk about whatever I'm allowed to talk about next, but... Not much to plug. Oh, do you want? You can, yeah, you can plug. You can plug uh, voting because this episode will be, I think, right before the election. So yeah, oh, okay, yeah. And if you don't vote, we're not friends anymore. That's my warning <laughs> to everybody I know. Check out Rascal Activism. Also, like that's a cool project you started, and yeah. essentially just a way to poke power. <laughs> a it is. Bit. It's just so. It's yeah. It's like progressive memes and uh, little video clips and just, you know, just trying to fight the good fight with jokes. Right. Mm. So I, I'm Canadian. I can't vote. So I hope we can still be friends. No, we're, we're automatic friends because you're from a good place. So it's all <laughs> okay. Good. Um, a, play, a place that I might be living in, in a couple of years. <laughs> you play your cards right. Um, yeah. So I want to, I want to plug Nithya Raman. We've talked about her many times. If you're in LA, yes. please vote for her. Um, if you need help with voting for other progressive candidates, you can find great voter guides in LA. We've got um, the LA podcast has a really awesome one. Yep. If you are looking in your city, just search on Twitter, Google, whatever, and try to find like the organizations around you. Um, that have put that together. A lot of people have done that work for you. I know it's very overwhelming to try to figure out what are these propositions actually mean? Are these people actually good or not? Um, so find people you can trust and uh, and go from there. Yeah, Anastasia? do a little research. Um, mm -hmm. 
I guess, you know, also vote and vote progressive. I'm not going to just say vote, vote progressive. <laughs> and yeah, vote progressive. We need, we need people who actually care about us um, making decisions. And hey, if you haven't seen second season of Pen15, check it out. It's very funny. You might need a <laughs> laugh or two <laughs> after, you know, we're sitting for three months waiting to see who the president is or whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabe, do you have a plug? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to plug voting. Um, <laughs> please vote. Um, here in Colorado, we get to vote out this uh, piece of shit named Cory Gardner. Um, so please do that with me and vote. Yay. And just one more thing, please vote. (laughs) I think we might be the first people to mention that you guys should vote. Right. (laughs) um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you can practice your right, do it. Cause I can't. So you got to do it for a God. Do it for me. (laughs) Should we start, should we start singing imagine and we'll just like go in a, <laughs> each of us pick up a verse and we'll be good. What about right. that? Like the, the naked video. Did you see that one? Yeah. <laughs> I saw like a couple seconds and I was just like, no, we don't need Wait, this. You, this doesn't help. You missed. If you only saw the first few seconds, you missed Josh Gad, which, you know, everyone needs to, you know, see him naked talking naked. about voting. Even oh, wow. Mark Ruffalo, okay. I mean, I love Mark Ru- Ruffalo. I think he's very handsome, but it, but I just was kind of like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> I felt that way about all of them. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> haven't you learned your lesson by every time you guys post something like this, everyone's like, what is wrong with celebrities? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing because it's like, if, if a celebrity doesn't speak out, people are like, you're not using your platform. You seem out of touch. And then, yeah when celebrities do sometimes it's just like a little extra and you're like, don't, don't, I, first of all, don't show me how big your house is. Cause that's right, not going right. to help anybody. <laughs> right. And second of all, like, the, don't make a know, corny singing video. Yeah. And- <laughs> because it's like, I know you're not hurting. So don't, don't like play Co-opt. like you're hurting. Yeah. Just be like, Hey, yeah. like really the message should be like, I'm going to be fine regardless. I'm fighting because this is what's right and this is what helps people. But that's not the way this stuff gets framed. It's just like, guys, this is dire. And it's like, is it? Are you ever going to feel anything? Well, don't you don't need to don't take our pain. Just tell us how you're fighting for us. Right. It's just it's a weird it's just it's so embarrassing. (laughs) It's it's tough. It's tough. But I do agree that they should be like saying something because like these celebrities with these giant followings and then. I even think it's like it's not enough to be like vote. It's like okay, well, say they should, say what you actually feel because otherwise it means nothing. They uh-huh. should be using their platform to promote the people who are doing the real work in the streets. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like if there's a voter guide that of experts, share that voter guide. If there's a activist who's doing like really important work, share their social media, donate to them, whatever. But yeah, exactly. don't fucking sing a song because you were moved <laughs> by someone in Italy playing a trumpet of that song. Yes. <laughs> do exactly. Do what you think's right. Do not listen to your publicist. Like the publicist <laughs> yes. is absolutely gonna get it wrong. Yeah. Like there's just no way. Because this is it's about authenticity. That's all that we, exactly. we need. Um all right. Well, thank you again, Payment. Yeah, and thank, thank you. you. Thank you, you to the all. best. You're the best. Yeah. Um, thanks. We always love having you on the show. 
That's true. Oh, I love I love this show. And I will send you a picture of my sticker on my laptop as soon as we're off. <laughs> I'm gonna prove it. that it's real. I have to prove that it's real. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll be I'll be waiting. <laughs> um thanks to all of our cute listeners for being on this journey with us as always through the weirdest well actually this is the first episode of our new season. So uh, season three of downtown is here. Woo. It is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, who knows what's in our future. Season two was a roller coaster, but, uh, we're just doing, we're taking it week by week. We're just doing yeah, it. Maybe season three is going to be amazing. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, who knows when basketball is even going to come back. <laughs> That's when we it's become so a real housewives podcast. <laughs> Oh, I, I would love that. Oh, my God. I would love that. <laughs> All right. Next time you come on payment, we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm not going to lie. That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, It's an amazing show. I keep trying to get people to watch it. It's, it's great. Um, That's great. All right. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. 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 For more Dunktown content, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dunktown. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dunktown Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Echo underscore Mint and on Instagram at Agata Monica. Anastasia is on both at Anastasia Vigo. Check out our website, dunk.town. If you like the show, please write us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We always really appreciate those. We have t-shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more available for sale at dunk.town slash store. Thank you to Andrea Tomingas for the Dunktown design, and thank you to Andrew Bear for our original music for the show. Sources and references from this episode can be found in the episode description. Mm-hmm.